people of Earth, if you are hearing this, you are receiving a signal from another planet. Fanboy planet. Watch animate chicks with inflatable breasts. You might be a Trekkie. Sit back and watch as the Uber geek goes and kicks it up a notch. Turn to the left to F in your dictionary and add this word to your vocabulary. Take a look, cause I'm the real McCoy. Damn it, Jim, I'm not a doctor. I'm just the definition of a fanboy, baby. I'm a nerd overdrive. I will always survive. Oh, listen up, fanboy. Fanboy Planet Podcast, and here is your host, Derek McCaw. My headphones came unplugged. Can you plug those back in for me? I sure can. I am full service. Do you want to start over so that that's No, go ahead. I can hear you. All right. Well, this is Derek McCaw, editor-in-chief of FanboyPlanet.com. Next to me, currently plugged back in, is my announcer, Sickly Nate Costa. Oh, Sickly Nate Costa. Tiny uh, Nate by uh, the fire, okay, wasting uh, away. Oh, God bless us, every Nate and across podcast producer and apparently Dickensian scholar, coffee achiever Rick Brett Snyder. And we went over to Hawaii, and we are podcasting from Cafe Stritch again here in the Sofa District in San Jose. And I love that these cups say mugs say. Charomatic? Chromatic. Chromatic coffee cup. 374 South 1st Street. I was afraid to clink. I was afraid we were going to shatter them and totally short out the <laughs> podcast. We're having a cup of coffee. A chromatic coffee is a San Jose brand. Uh, oh, is it? Yeah. And they're a pretty good coffee brand, too. So so buy local people. And we believe to, uh, we're the coffee generation. Hold on tight to your dreams. Hold on tight to your dreams. The coffee generation is generation behind. And uh, Nate's looking at us like he doesn't remember that ad campaign. He doesn't. He was born. <laughs> he was born. I am not part of the coffee generation. You are not. Okay, so we've got. It some, calms you down. We've well, got some comics news. We got some movie news. We got some TV news. Big comics news as far as I think uh, some intellectual properties once again getting subsumed by Disney in a clever way. And uh, instead, we're going. But before we get there, we're going to talk about we got some letters, people. <laughs> Letters. It's not uncanny, we've got Fanny Bell. Yes, first of all, from uh, out there from Ohio, we heard from Greg Whitehead. Uh, I, I just envision, it's great, there's a guy out there making crop circles in the shape of the Fanboy Planet logo. Really? That'd be, I, that's what I believe, it's Greg Whitehead. That would be and, awesome. And he wrote two letters. Uh, one, Letter number two, one. One episode 301 Z. and one for episode 302. Uh, but actually the other way around. So he says, okay, guys, I want to hear the joke. You offered it, and I'm demanding it. Lol, Greg Whitehead. Uh, and then 301, P.S., it's good to see the outtakes return. So here's the embarrassing thing, because he's not the only one who wrote in. Brian K. Shimada also wrote in with an email that says, this morning, I demand censored bits. <laughs> hey guys, I enjoyed the gag reel. Careful and now, Rick. Careful, can Brian. Add, <laughs> I know. And now, Rick can add waveform editor to his job resume. And Brian, you demanded censored bits. So what I'm going to say is, come down to Cafe Stretch. We'll switch from coffee to tea bags. All right. So, oh. Oh. the truth of the matter is, Brian and <laughs> He's Greg channeling Chris Garcia. Brian and Greg. Uh, Rick has to go back to the original recording. Uh, the original so files the to find, find the off-color joke so I can actually tell you what it was because he tried describing back to me what I said and we came close but not 
Not close enough. Let's In just, other words, we have no way. recollection. Last week we weren't drinking coffee. Right. I say a lot of things <laughs> all the time. I do not remember. So I apologize. And there it is. One thing I do remember us talking about that someone wrote in about was about Marvel AR last week. And someone named Raph, uh, whose online identity is apparently Xenomonkeys. Um, I Raph, like that. I yeah, like I like that. Raph. I don't know where he is, but Raph, thanks for writing in, and I hope to hear back from you and find out. I wrote, Hello, Fanboy Planet folks. I used to be more frustrated getting the Marvel AR feature to work until I started switching between my iPad and iPhone. I primarily use my iPad for AR, but switch to my phone whenever that fails to work. My phone seems to have a slightly better camera and uses its data plan. My iPad is just on Wi-Fi. Sometimes the iPad works better than the phone, so who knows what kind of technomancy... Marvel is using to make their app work. Thanks for continuing to put out a top-notch podcast. Oh, I high really praise. appreciate that high praise indeed. A top-notch podcast. It's it's funny to read the uh, read the Marvel digital stuff on your iPad. I've never even tried. I wonder if you tap on the AR thing then if it goes through and brings it up on the oh, iPad. Be, I don't know. I bet it's, that's too good an idea for them to actually. But you know what? It. I haven't had time to read. But Disney, uh, Disney. Well, it really is, isn't it? Yeah. Marvel put out on comics um, the first two issues of their Infinite comics. Of uh, oh, yeah. Gu- Guardians of the Galaxy yeah, yeah. for free, so I, I downloaded those this week. I've not had a chance to look at them, but and it is on my iPhone. So I want to say to uh, to Raph there, I, I I see what you're saying. If I had an iPad, I'd probably switch back to whatever would work. But my my issue, and I and I think I'm going to speak for Rick on this. I rarely try to speak for Rick, but it is uh, you're going to agree with me because you're busy sipping coffee. Is that you shouldn't have to switch between devices. And this is like having rabbit ears on your black and white TV and the foil and stand with one leg up in the air and do yoga in order to watch Super Friends. Not that I ever had to do that as a child. I thought you were going to go for Ed Sullivan, but yeah, sure. I don't actually remember Ed Sullivan, (laughs) Rick. I'm sorry. Neither do I. Okay. So he was an entertainer in the 50s and 60s. Oh, I'm aware of the name. Okay. You've seen Bye Bye Birdie. So uh, no, no, I haven't seen. Let Bible. us talk about <laughs> comics, and let's not talk about AR at all. Let's no. talk about actual solid comics you can hold in your hand. And in the uh, Marvel Now re- relaunch, one title I failed to pick up, and I don't know why, because I wanted to give everything a fair shake, was Captain America. But Rick has been reading it. Oh, yep. So Captain talks America. about the Captain America, Rick Remender, and John Romita Jr. Yes, JRJR. Yeah. Don't spoil anything for me. No, I, I won't spoil anything any other than to yet. say that, um, yeah, well, you know basically what happens in it. Do you no. Know? No. You're like my mother. Well, it happens in the first <laughs> issue. Can no, I? I haven't read the first issue yet. Okay, so it's a very... <laughs> Okay. I have heard some things that happened. Go All ahead right, and spoil it a little well, bit. Basically, basically what happens uh, in the first issue is Cap is thrust into another dimension. And he grows his hair real long for and some reason. grows a beard and gets all a kinds goatee. of stuff. He's there for quite a while. And it's it's a very it's a very different dimension. It's it's a very Kirby dimension, Ooh. and it's uh, Ramita's style lends itself to the kind of Kirby cap that we used to see back in the sixties, interesting seventies. Uh, it's just it's a wonderful cap story. There's some amazing twists that occur, and in typical in typical um, kick-ass style, there's all kinds of stuff that happens in the last panel every issue. Um, 
I, 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 I highly recommend it. It's in the fifth issue right now. It looks like it's going to wrap the current storyline in six. So if you don't feel like going back and picking up the issues, I would put solid money on the idea that this is going to be collected into a graphic novel. Well, I don't, I don't think anybody would bet against you on that. That's no. how the industry runs. Well, but, this, is, this is so much. But you would say you recommend that when that graphic novel, because it will, there's no question. Yeah. When that graphic novel comes out, you would say, Derek, you should buy it for yourself for Christmas. You should buy it for yourself. You could even, you know, for there, Christmas, there's I'll a bit of blood it. in it, but it's another one of those uh, almost a father-son thing going on in the story. And we get we get some insights into Cap's early days, pre, and Steve okay. Rogers' early days. So what, so you would early say, stories. what you're saying is possibly this is a good, true, all-ages book for, you know, again, for Kid Macaw. Yeah. Freshly, freshly Derek, turned nine. I don't know if you remember, but you used to enjoy Batman and Robin with Kid Macaw, and then I they did. killed Robin yeah. just a few weeks ago. Oh, I recall. Oh, okay. Don't bring that up. Just Why would you do that? Why would you do that up? There are some there are some woundings in this that might be a little bit. It uh, was just wounding here at the table. A little rough, uh, rough sorry. for. Uh, but it's a very science fiction Captain America, and it it, it reminded me a lot of of the Kirby year, years when he would do in the seventies when yeah. Kirby was doing the book. Yeah, yeah. When he'd okay. do things like aliens. Well, that's really and interesting. Stuff. Okay, I'll take that. And you want to talk about where the status of the there are still books being relaunched in Marvel now of the X Men post AVX. So, and also, let's throw in Wolverine because he is an X Man. He is a solo, and yeah. he's everywhere. He's an Avenger. Well, he's, it's he's really Alpha Flight. It's really kind of two different, two different things to talk about. One is just the current state of the X Men right now, which post AVX is is kind of drawing the lines between good and rebellious X Men. You have got Scott Summers out there. It's like remember when they did the first two X Men books, and so everyone's going. How are you going to do it? And you had the blue team and the gold team for X Men. That was actually when I stopped reading. It was okay, but now you've got you've got the uh, the Marvel uh, Rebellion uh, side. The, the, yeah, the, those who were siding with with Cyclops, Cyclops and and Magneto after, after all that, yeah, and yeah. his bunch. And Scott in two, not one, but in the two Brotherhood issues, of Misguided Mutants. Two issues this this uh, this past month, Scott has shown up on the last panel of some book to offer one of the other mutants to come over to the uh, to the dark side, as it were. Um, it's actually breathed a little bit more life into, into the storyline. Uh, it's hard to keep track of all the X-Men books. Okay. For example, that you've got Dazzler and uh, a bunch of mutants who are doing the old re- alternate reality jumping stuff that used to be, and I'm trying to remember the name of the book, it was... Uh, X-Men Extreme? No. No, this is X-Men Extreme. Yes. And it was... the uh, Oh, shoot. It yeah. was a good book, too. It was a the great Exiles. book. The Exiles. Exiles, right. And so it's kind of they kind of taken up where Exiles is, and what you have right now is the extermination storyline that's going on with uh, with the, the Nightcrawler from the Age of Apocalypse timeline. Oh, yeah. Um, trying to figure out where his place is in the world and where the, whether he's okay. going to go back and okay, interesting. teaming up with Dark uh, Dark Beast. Well, you know what I'm saying? But all, okay, you say that much, and yeah. already this is the problem with the X-Men, is you've already made it so complex. It's too many characters. It's to too many characters of. for someone new to come into, except, yeah. you know, I mean, that's, I remember saying, is like uh, Kid Macaw can, can just accept on face value reading a book uh, all 625 or so Pokemon 
that he right. needs to know. And right. when I bought him a guidebook, he's like, oh, I didn't know that was this guy. Oh, Dad. you know. And so I guess kids... I will give you a, a Rick Here's Rick's rule for X-Men. <laughs> the fewer characters there are in the name, the easier it is to keep track of it. The very name X-Men is a plural. Though, I mean, if you use X-Men... <laughs> Yes. Characters, letters. Oh, the, okay. In any of the titles. Okay. So you have Cable and X-Force. Steer clear. Um, you have, uh, because That's also because Rob Liefeld gets X, a kickback. Uncanny X-Force. It's getting getting badly bad, badly there. Um, all new X-Men. All new X-Men. Pretty simple. Pretty, pretty simple, simple. Pretty straightforward. X-Men. Okay, fine. Wolverine. Wolverine and Wolverine. And okay. Wolverine. Because Wolverine is, I think, at least four books right now. Maybe five. There's Wolverine, you Savage Wol- Wolverine, Wolverine and the X-Men. Is Wolverine and the X-Men still a book? Yes. Wolverine and Costello meet Frankenstein. Wolverine Max. That's right. Oh, Wolverine Max is good. There's yeah. also Ultimate Wolverine. And Ultimate Wolverine. So th- those are the five I wanted to talk about. So Ultimate Wolverine, we'll talk about that one first to get it out of the way. We all know that in the Ultimate timeline, Wolverine died. Wolverine is Dead, dead, Brown. dead. He's he's Robin dead um, in the Marvel Universe. Why would you bring that up? Derek is still sensitive about it. So I I have to go. But you have this young young Wolverine-like character who's like kid Wolverine, Wolverine, Jimmy, Jimmy Hudson. Wolverine's son. Wolverine's Jimmy. son who is who is now accepting. And, and You mean Dakin? Right. No. no. Ultimate Wolverine. Ultimate Wolverine's son. Who is brought up by. You mean human. X-23? No. no. Ultimate Wolverine's daughter. ultimate son. Jimmy Hudson. Jimmy Hudson. So, but on the first issue, you had a picture of Logan, the Wolverine that everyone you knew. Mean Logian, Logian. Okay. Okay. So so that was on that was the, in uh, issue the Art one. Adams book, right? Huh? It was. Or is this Ultimate Wolverine? Still? This is Ultimate Wolverine. Okay. I can't remember who does the art for it. Um, but what they're doing in this book is they've got a main storyline with Jimmy Hudson is trying to find out about it. He got a message, a hologram that he'd had from his father that he found a secret message inside oh. of it to try and find some project that's going on. So Wolverine will be back. But about half of the book is flashbacks to when Wolverine was still alive and setting up this whole thing. Interesting. So one way to get around death is to have had enough years to live that you still have flashback stories you can tell. So that's my plan. Let's just dismiss that. If you if you're if you're it's reading, in my will, if by the way, Ultimate when Wolf- I die, you all are bound to give flashback stories. <laughs> so I'm still Indeed. alive. Indeed. Oh, the stories will tell. Um, Bill so, so, so if you're reading the Ultimate Universe, <laughs> you're probably going to want to read this one, especially if you're reading Ultimate X Men, which is I'm, I'm very not. tied into. I know you aren't. So I let's am. let's get into the uh, Wolverine now, Max. Wolverine Max, of course, excellent. is is one of those Max books where. It's Max because they decided that they will show strippers. <laughs> I think that's, and that's basically there's there's squaring go on and there's strippers and there's people in bed. Is that is that all there is to that book? But no, no. There's the, the first. It's uh, grim and gritty Wolverine. It was that you a bunch can't tell again. It was a bunch of flashbacks and flat and forwards to Wolverine and Creed uh, Sabretooth in in like feudal Japan, uh, going for the Ishida sword the first time. Yeah, and then forward, but not all the way forward, to when Wolverine and Mariko were uh, lovers, mm-hmm. and they have this great scene where they're having sex, but they're having this long, distended, sec- dis- 
discussion about okay, her father's okay, you organization. Know uh, you know what I'd like you to not do ever again? What? Use the words sex and distended in the same <laughs> sentence. <laughs> okay. I don't think you. it means what you think it means. It, it? You say that word so much. I don't think it means what you think it means. But the, uh, but the idea that they're, <laughs> they're showing these, these panels of them in different... Uh, Positions. Poses. Rick, I'm going to say what every listener is thinking right now. Yeah. What about the strippers? Basically background until one starts screaming at Wolverine, don't kill me. Okay. We, we had like uh, three panels of her. Let's, that was let's kind of a bait and switch thing you were doing. There. Yeah. So I'm just saying. Can we stick with the Max universe okay. for a moment? Go ahead. Because Is it a universe? Well, they, had, they did Punisher Max. It's not a universe, but it is definitely one where they'll have nudity and extreme violence. It, but it's they're not... Part of the regular Marvel universe, like they had. You don't think so? No, no. Like the no, the they Punisher had the, one was completely off. You remember on its when own. they first started? You remember what the, one of the first early titles was? They did. Uh, was and it, it was Hyperion uh, or um, the the first one that I remember was, and it, it was a guy who did work for SLG for, uh, but it was uh, War Machine. Chuck really? Austin, Charles, yeah, Chuck Austin. No, he, well, yeah, he did do he, way back when he did the hero sandwich or something. Yeah, yeah. Chuck Austin, the man who's been driven from comics thrice, um, but but it was it was who had his. to write Superman under the nom de plume Samuel Clemens for two issues because <laughs> people hated him so much. And he's been driven from manga as well. So, but he's a TV producer, very successful guy. We we'll work with him in a heartbeat because besides that, besides working for SLG, Chuck Austin, who did War Machine for Max. Right. was also one of the designers and artists and writers on King of the Hill. Oh, oh really? Cool. And when you look at War Machine, if you can find, find through it, you can actually see it. That, that art style? That the art style, they are sort of like looking like King of the King Hill, of the Hill really. characters. They are, they are awesome. a little stiff and upright. Yeah, in yeah, yeah. A number of cases. What's going on about Max? So you got, yeah, it's, it, I think it's his own universe. Though, Sorry, the Zorlak broke through. Was I couldn't help it. Then you have Nick Fury, uh, Nick Fury Max, Max yeah. Fury right. Max, yes, which is awesome. That was really good. Deadpool Max, which was okay, and now Wolverine Max. Now you're talking about the current Fury Max, yes, yeah. That one is a great book. They just had the issue ten just came out today. Yeah, and, and it definitely because I really liked Punisher Max, and they told. I mean, they, they the went way off they, on the way they tied Castle in with Fury was yeah. just brilliant. Yeah, yeah, and it feels like. Not necessarily continuation, but it feels like stories in the certain same characters. Vein. Uh, yeah, certain characters all buy that connection, There's and you learn history. That's right, you do. Hopefully, somewhat accurate. Yes, but so a hundred percent accurate. They don't make things up for comic books, Harry. They do. Oh, uh, do you want to move on to well, no, 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 speaking uh, of things? Or do you want Savage to Wolverine? Savage Wolverine. Savage Wolverine is the one I wanted to end on. Um, because it's it's done by fan favorite Frank Cho, which you have to say contractually. Fan so, favorite Frank Cho. So when you when you put Frank Cho into a Marvel book, what do you always have to have? Boobs. A beautiful woman as a sidekick or as uh, and so if you're. I'm sorry. Let me say that backward for coding. Boobs. Boob. <laughs> so so if you uh, if maintained our family if you're doing friendly. The Savage Wolverine by Frank Cho. Who would you expect to show up there? Shanna the She-Devil. Exactly. You cheated. No, because no. he asked. Yeah, he did ask me that he question did, beforehand. He did answer and almost just like before, And I said Shanna the She-Devil because he did a, a sort of one-off Shanna the She-Devil thing. Which and was if you're, great. And if you're a fan, as I am, of Frank Cho's early work with Liberty Meadows, you know that he'd always had that obsession. Um, and so, so 
I miss the days of Liberty Meadows, though. I really sorry. I'm going to go so, in there again. So it's sorry, like a, it's like a, ba- a buddy cop movie in the Savage Land because they're not getting along together. Of course, she's not. Gonna, it's not going to be a romantic thing because she's still with Kazar somewhere. He's off somewhere else. How did you pronounce it? Kazar, Kazar. I, no, I don't know. It's like Kazar. I've heard Kazar. Kazar is how I grew up saying but it. it and hyphenated. Heard, uh, so okay, but I always I, put a I, pause I, in on the hyphen. Kazar. Mr. Czar. I, I don't know that anybody does. Or I've, but I've heard people say Kzar, which I think is like, where are you getting that's that? close to Quasar. No, there's no, there's, it's ah, it's an open A at the end. Do his friends call him Ka? I don't know. Or K. They call him Lord, uh, Lord Kevin Lord Plunder. Plunder. How, Lord do you, Plunder. How do you say Superman's name? Kael. Kalel. 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 If you are Marlon Brando. My little Kalel. Hello, Khaled. Uh, hello, Khaled. Let's move on because we want to finish. I don't know how Russell Crowe says it, but anyway. So, Oi. so But you have this great scene where the, the two of them are fighting dinosaurs and they end up rolling down a cliff. And she sta- he stands don't up first. Don't spoil this. He stands up first. And she's down. She's looking at the ground. She's looking at him. And he says, tells us the speed up, and he's dying to tell us this panel. Spoiling the joke for all you listeners. There's so if you haven't read it, you are as bad as my mother. Skip forward you are as bad seconds. as my mother. Okay, I'll only tell the other one. No, you can tell it now. I told. I gave a spoiler alert. Okay, spoiler alert. So she looks up and it goes, "You're a lot shorter than I expected. I expect you to be taller, like that Hugh Jackman guy." Which I thought movie was, tie. That in. was a nice, nice. Speaking panel. of movie tie-in, before we lose, because you talked about Deadpool Max, Ryan Reynolds did say that they've oh, got the script, that. but that it's like NC-17 right now, and he knows there's no way Fox is going to spring for it. For an, for an NC-17 superhero movie. Wow. Right now it's a hard R. You know, the, he's, even if we get into a hard R, not sure. Especially when, <laughs> essentially, the first two minutes will be Deadpool complaining about his portrayal in X-Men Origins Wolverine. <laughs> nice. Yes, indeed. I want to see that movie. Oh, I do, I want do to see too. That. But I'm afraid there are many tables like this across the United States, but we're all sitting at tables like this. You know, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's a limited thing. So the last hey, thing I Fox, want to say about uh, Kickstarter, I'm looking for a job. <coughs> they did bring back a character that I've been missing, and I didn't realize I was missing him so much until he showed up in Savage Wolverine, and that is a character walks in called Cho. In Amadeus Cho, Cho? It's Amadeus Cho in a Frank Cho book. You know what? I lost track of what happened to Amadeus Cho. So had I. But apparently, he was in the Incredible apparently Hercules. Apparently a lot has. He okay. disappeared. He disappeared, but he is back, and he's phenomenal. So uh, but by the I'm way, not going to go any further. Way, Amadeus Cho, which is a better name than his original one. Let's go. Mastermind. 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 Excello was not his name. He won right. the contest. But that was a re. It was a, it was a. It was a purposeful reboot of one of the characters in the Twelve. Yeah, was Mastermind Excello. Yeah. So. But I, I think that one thing you have to say about Wolverine is he obviously has um, clones. Yeah. Well, no, he obviously has the same power as. Uh, Multi, multi, not multi. Madrox, man. the multiple Madrox, man. Madrox, the multiple man. Because well, he's in every, he's in like half of the Marvel books. I, I know, especially now he's that he's very the, popular. Well, but it's like I've said, I, you know, what I'm starting to really enjoy the books is pretending that they don't have anything in common with each other. Because seriously, every book that has the Avengers in the title is facing a different destruction of the universe, of the universe right. without actually acknowledging stories. And and that, and that includes two of them are written by Hickman, who has two different ways to destroy the universe X, without new X Men without referencing uh, each other. X-Men. Well, yeah. it, well, Avengers and New Avengers. Well, I can top that because Wolverine. Why do you have to top in maybe? two books? In two books, Wolverine is in the Savage Land, but they're not paying attention to each other. 
Right. Yeah. So so he's he's in uh, in. So uh, I'm saying, pick the creative team you like, stick with that, and pretend the other books aren't happening because it's the only. When we were I kids, think it's fine. When we were kids, you read Superman and you read action comics and maybe you read World's, World's Finest, and it really didn't matter. That was the days when every book was complete in one issue. Right, but what I'm what I'm getting at is those okay, it's complete in in six issues, yeah, and that's fine. But we didn't have to cry, you know. It was like you could accept that Superman story, and you didn't have to worry about how was that coordinating with what was going on in action. And what about when, how much time did Superman and Batman spend back in Salem trying to prove that uh, that, that bust of, of howling mad Anthony Wayne was, uh, you know, was not Bruce? So, anyway, I that, still haven't read part two of that storyline. But someday. it changed my, but it was one of those life-changing ones because Superman was stopped by someone and said, and Batman said, we're with an actor's troupe. And Superman said, yes, S stands for Shakespeare. And I was five, and that changed my life. Wow. Yeah. One of many life-changing moments involving Shakespeare. Uh, or Superman. Uh, and both. Two, they're very close. 2014, by the way, so we do want to mention is Wolverine is supposed to be the center of a crossover, Death of Wolverine. So he's going to lose his healing factor. How will that affect all the other books he's in? At it least, won't. At least one of them. Uh, no, you know, we'll he's have... He's dead in one of them. No, we will have... Eight covers that say Requiem, and one panel on each one, somebody cries about Wolverine. Yeah. Yeah. And then it'll be over. And we get to the Age of Ultron, which I, you know, I, I was just reading extra on Bleeding Cool about how I was a little mad at Marvel for adding special books like, like Superior Spider-Man AU and FF and Fantastic Four AU. Really? But there was a, but, but, he, but, he, but there actually is a reason for it. And the reason is... Because, as I'd suspected, in order to make sure that they stayed on time, they'd finished it, writing it a year ago, and Brian Hitch just finished. They weren't going to uh, release an issue until Brian Hitch had done it. Is he the artist on all of them? Yes. Excellent. But in the meantime, of course, if you read Age of Ultron number one, it is Peter Parker who is Spider-Man. Right. And then they realized they'd ha- they have to have an, have an explanation for why right. it's not... What, what, you know, where's Doc Ock? Doc Ock? And why the Fantastic Four are, uh, are, are not in, out in outer space yeah, dying. So, not out in outer space dying. So, you know, basically that's why you have to have those extras to explain why it no longer fits in the continuity as they were releasing it. So I'm, I'm fine with that. But why Age of Ultron is going to rock the world here, broke the internet in half this week, and it's revealed that, first of all, kind of throwaway, though some of us are going to love it, is that, as we had suspected, Rom the Space Knight is coming back, except Marvel doesn't have the rights to Rom the Space Knight, but they have the right rights to the concept of the Space Knights. Right. Intellectual property is so confusing. So they've renamed him Icon. So Icon will be returning, probably in a vaguely altered form from Rom, but that, but that they can have a character that fans have wanted back in comics for now, literally decades. Did we talk about the fact that uh, a couple months ago they reprinted both? The yeah, you all, did talk the about multiple it. series. We did talk Space about Nines. that, and we yeah. thought Rom was going to be because originally yeah. they released art with Rom in the center, and so now they said no, he's named Icon. So yeah, okay. I don't care what they call him; I'm thrilled he's back. Yeah. But the real surprise is that Neil Gaiman is giving them Angela from Spawn, the character he created for Todd McFarlane, and won back in a lawsuit. So all the concepts that he created for Spawn. Now he's giving over to Marvel in exchange for the rights to finish Marvel Man. 
So Angela will be part there's of... Your, there's a great hostage situation. Yes, so now Angela and the Angels, and who knows what else, will be part of the Marvel Universe. And so, never be used. I don't care, as long as we get our Marvel Man. Which, and never be done. Which artist Mark Buckingham, who had worked with, uh, with Neil Gaiman and worked on the original series, said... At FablesCon last weekend, give us six months. So he's like finishing up something on Fables, and he's implying that he is working on the new issues of Marvel Man. And so it'll very come out exciting. at the same time that Image United is done. Now, when we were talking earlier, he was saying do reprints first. Yeah, they should, but he's got to, you know, he'll get ahead, so you can do reprints. I hope they'll do reprints. You know what they'll do? They'll do graphic novels. You've got to do trade volumes one, two, three. That'd be excellent. Go through it, and then it's time to go boom. Marvel being Marvel, I would bet that everything gets reprinted all at once so that we can make sure we don't have to space out. <laughs> so, you know, because yeah. some of us, we're challenged by that concept of budgeting. It's better to just spend it all at once. Yes. So, uh, thanks, Marvel. <clears throat> anyway, uh, at, at Fables Con, it was also revealed that there is an co- upcoming uh, Vertigo crossover between Fables and the book called The Unwritten by Mike Carey, uh, which is a... a kind of cool book i i'm not as up to date on it as i want to be but one of the things that got mentioned was that uh in the original the first plot line in the unwritten was about a, a golden horn that could be blown that would uh kind of restart the universe hmm. and um of course there was a character in fables who blew a horn and was a hero and died a hero in the fables universe so apparently there's gonna be a crossover through Little Boy Blue, who was actually far from Little, Blo- little Boy by the end. So, um, looking forward to that. He was just called Boy Blue. Yes, but I can't get... I think I of the nursery rhyme. Um, you've been reading the the uh, Valiant uh, re- revivals, haven't you? Actually, no. I dropped them all. Why? It was just one more thing. and Okay, so it wasn't that they, they were had bad. Me, well, they weren't really... Uh, there was nothing... That stood out for for me, and I kind of like read these titles before. And honestly, so I just haven't seen them on the stand, I, and I think I think honestly that they're they're not carrying them at Elusive where I normally shop, and so I miss that. Even though um, you know, my, well, yeah, our they're, friend they're doing Josh some Dysart big crossover is, in it. I know that uh, there's a blood war, blood war involving yeah. Bloodshot, but they're also reviving Quantum and Woody, and now I feel like I'm kind of glad I wasn't supporting them because they're doing something that I don't like, which is that that Quantum and Woody is. Though I wasn't a fan of it the first time around, it was a series very, very closely associated with uh, its creators, who were Christopher Priest and uh, M.D. Bright as the artist. Uh-huh. And they have nothing to do with this revival. And my understanding was that they thought that they had uh, that they had control of it. That there was a there was a contract signed that would have given them control if the company ever went bankrupt. Which it did. It did. And uh, Kevin McGuire went on the record today because he'd also created a book for Valiant called uh, Trinity Angels. And he said, yeah, same thing. I was supposed to get it back and they found a loophole and no one bothered. They went bankrupt before everything went through. So now the new owners claim they own everything. And so we haven't heard anything from Priest or M.D. Bright. Now I don't feel so bad about not buying those books. No, I don't. I I feel bad. But a book that I'm going to buy, a reprint, I'm just saying it now, for Christmas, anybody wants to kick in. The DC One Million Omnibus. The How much does that cost? A hundred dollars. <laughs> it's like probably like eighty bucks on Amazon. One hundred dollars. One hundred dollars for DC One Million. How many pages? One do million. I don't know. I don't care. It's a hundred dollars. I want it. Pages. It has. A, it's not a million pages, <laughs> no. but uh, 
dealing with the Justice League coming from the 753rd century back to our time. And, yeah, why, you, and why Rick wants it, and why Nate might want it. Did you read DC 1 million the first time around, or are you not no. old enough? Okay. I was hit and miss on it. <clears throat> why you might now is, the thing is, All-Star Superman is the true prequel to DC 1 million. Mm. Because the Superman they're trying to save in DC 1 million, the one in the heart of the sun, is the one that is from one million. All-Star Superman. Yeah. Ooh. So all the stuff that... You know, he hadn't quite. Ex- Grant Morrison hadn't explained in DC One Million, showed up as a concept in All Star Superman and got explained, and there it goes. So I wonder if they could slip All Star Superman in to that One Million omnibus. Wouldn't that be awesome? Yes. <laughs> I have such good ideas. <laughs> and another uh, graphic novel. Marvel's decided that they're, said they're going to renew. Their original commitment way back in the late 70s, or was it early 80s, to original graphic novels. They launched it all with Marvel Graphic Novel number 1, The Death of Captain Marvel by Jim Starlin, which changed things for mainstream superhero comics forever. One of the few things that, say, really did, really rock. Oh, sure. And people still talk about that, like, oh, wow, you know, that... that uh, it was just such a <clears throat> kick-ass story, too. I mean, just... Well, I was just talking to someone. I think it was, I think it was Tony Viador when, when he hung out after our 300th episode. And he said, "Nice guy, a real nice guy." And he was talking about how he that when the death of Captain Marvel came out, um, it was the first time it occurred to him that somebody could treat these characters as real and mortal. Yeah, and it was devastating. And I, that, I remember where I was in my life. Yes, I remember exactly where I was in the time of day and everything when I read that book. It was like it was just that much. Of an impression, it's like, do you know when, where were you when Kennedy was? And killed? I do want to say, for those of you who are worried, listening, both Rick and I have successfully reproduced. Yes, so not uh, together. No, True, oh I've God, no, oh children. God, no. <laughs> I mean, not together. No. Um, and uh, but anyway, Marvel's going to revive it with uh, with the series with uh, a graphic novel by Warren Ellis and Mike McCone. Okay. I don't even need to know what it is <laughs> to say that team is going to get my money, but it's an Avengers called Avengers Endless Wartime. Hmm. So again, I can't tell you what the synopsis is because I just saw the headline. I don't care. That creative team doing a graphic novel, I'm going to enjoy that book. Well, bringing, bringing out stories that are fresh the first time in a graphic novel format yeah. and the pacing Yes. For a number of pages that are in a graphic novel, which is different than the pacing, right. where you take six <clears throat> right. issues, which each one has its own climax at the end. Totally agree. It's it's going to be that much better. It's going to be great. So um, let's talk about movies, shall we? Shall we? We let's. shall. Speaking of a graphic novel, The Secret Service by Mark Miller and Dave Gibbons starts filming in August from Fox. Matthew Vaughn is going to direct a script by written by himself and Jane Goldman. So this is essentially. The creative if, team of Kick-Ass. If Fox is listening, I'm available. Huh. To do what? He wants to be... Uh, Act. <laughs> okay. I haven't read The Secret Service. He, he wants to be Was Big that Daddy. one of those books you tried to get me to read and I didn't? Yes. That came out around the same yeah, time did. as the other books that I did get you to read. The and Secret did. Service is about uh, a guy who's in The Secret Service and his nephew, I believe it is, is kind of a punk kid. It's in, uh, set in England. Um, I'm thinking of the right book, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, punk kid who is 
kind of like a hooligan, soccer hooligan kind of guy. Yeah. All of his friends are like drug dealers or drug addicts, and he just kind of uh-huh. hangs around, robs people, whatever. It's like train spotting with soccer. Exactly. Yeah. So then this, the uncle is like, you need to... He sees potential in him to be a good agent like he is, so he sends him to this school, and he's passing all this stuff, but he's not smart, so there's like the written stuff. He's like, oh, this is stupid, and everybody thinks he's an idiot. But, yeah, that's where we're still at, because the series isn't over yet. Okay, interesting. I'm but intrigued. It's, good. it's a good, interesting okay. story. And uh, released uh, overnight was the trailer for The Wolverine. The Wolverine. Yes. Uh, by Directed by James Mangold, who'd done 310 to Yuma. Uh, and I hear there's another another film I know I enjoyed, but somebody shouted out to me or write it in to editor at fanboyplanet.com. Good director. Good director. And... Loosely based on the Wolverine miniseries originally by Chris Claremont and Frank Miller. Uh, and I would say loosely in that many of the characters are the same, but set in a time period after The Last Stand. So, because very clearly there's something he's uh, in the trailer. I see a flashback to him saying goodbye to Gene Gray. I didn't notice that. I did. But he's clearly mm. older than he was before. Right, right. So, that's one of the things. It's also clear from the trailer that he's going to lose his healing factor, at least for a while. So that he can look older, <laughs> and they can bring him back and be fine. It's like in uh, Star Trek: The Next Generation when they did the time travel story where Data's head got left in a cave for five hundred years, and that was so strictly so they could age, <laughs> so age they, him, so that the head was all we- weathered and battered, so it would look like uh, <laughs> Brent Spiner actually. Brent Spiner, yeah. Well, that was a problem. Brent Spiner always said that it's like it sucked to play that role for that. Which is why that was weird at the end of the seri- movie series when they killed Data and then brought back his twin anyway. It's like. What what was the point of that? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, except to try to make us... Remember when you cried when Spock died? <laughs> it's like when they uh, killed Phil Coulson in Avengers, but he's not really dead because yeah. that was an LMD. Yay. Okay. And uh, anyway, but it looks good. It looks really good, but I've been lied to before. So let's keep it with a grain of salt, but looking forward to that. And uh, they've done, made a casting announcement in Captain America, The Winter Soldier. When Captain America throws his mighty shield, oh, UFC oh. champ George St. Pierre will leap. We'll play Batrock. I hope Batrock. he doesn't leap. Batrock, the leaper. The leper. The leper. But I do not think that he will be called the leper. I, I think he, he would just not. be called Batrock. Because on its own, Batrock sounds like a cool. I would love it if he sounded like one of the French knights in yes. Holy Grail. Oh, oh Captain Mother America. Elderberries. <laughs> I will taunt you again. I will, th- I will throw a cow at you. Get the trebuchet. Uh, and they're looking, I, and I don't know who the character is, but uh, they're looking to cast Robert Redford as a senior S.H.I.E.L.D. executive. Uh, so that's kind of interesting. And they've Nick said, Fury. No. No. Because, yeah, because. The white one? Yeah, 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 yeah. So Sam Jackson can we'll be, be Nick the son, Jr. the one that'll fit like the regular. Oh Lord! Sam Jackson goes up to Robert Redford and says, "Dad, I'm having a bad day." <laughs> that would be yeah. hilarious. I'm not sure. What do you think, Dad? I'm not sure that we're that we're gonna care. We might care when Michael Bay's Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles gets made, but they have cast they all cast of them. They cast all the turts. And and the one that I think is notable for the podcast is Alan Richton is cast as Raphael. And if the name sounds familiar, he was Aquaman. 
on Smallville. Oh, yes. Aquaman from Smallville. I Who were the other ones? Did you write them all down? I did not write them all down because oh, he was the only one I knew. Who's, who's, who's a female reporter? What's her name again? April O'Neil. April O'Neil. I Megan was April Day. Make, Megan Fox will be playing April O'Neil. Really? That's yes. terrible casting. Yes. Wow. Um, but great casting. Tom Hiddleston, Loki, is going to face down the Muppets. He's playing the great escapo Punny in God. the Muppets again. What? Yes. Sweetums comes in. I, no, I sense it's a Gonzo versus Loki. <laughs> See who has the curlier horns. You know, the nose versus the horns. Oh, God, I want it so badly. All right. One and more movie. Are you Sweetums at the end of movies? Gr- what? Are we- you going to TV now? No, I got one more movie to okay. t- talk about, right. and that is that tomorrow night, I believe that Nate Costa <laughs> is going to drag me... <laughs> but last night, I already sent a Fanboy Planet reporter to see it. G.I. Joe! Retaliation! I love that retaliation <laughs> chorus. <laughs> yeah, like the first one didn't hurt me enough. Why do they need revenge upon me? I gave them my, their, my $11. Exactly, exactly. And I have resented it ever since. And you're going to love it tomorrow. Well, that's what Chris Garcia says. So we can't go into detail tonight, but... Apparently, pretty positive. The early review. report is in, and and and, there, and 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 what I know is that The Rock is a perfect example of an action figure. That's pretty much what the review says. So uh, <laughs> he gave it five poutines out of five. Yeah, I bet he did. Uh, if you smell what The Rock is cooking, I do. So let's talk television, shall we? Yes. And why are you excited to see television? Well, because there's so, there's so many shows on TV that I love watching, such as The Walking Dead, which season finale comes up this weekend. At the same time as the Game of Thrones season three premiere. Oh. Uh, yeah, but that's repeated several times during the week. And exactly. Is I don't see the problem with that. No. I've not just at seen all. some people whining online. And by people whining online, I'm going to say, I'm going to call it out. Dave Tapia, what's your problem? He's complaining that they replay the... No, the, no he's that they're, that they're, they're, on, at the they're on the same time. It's like, well, it's like, oh. watch one and then I'm pretty sure watch the other. <laughs> I'm pretty sure Tapia's got a DVR. I'm pretty sure Tapia probably has HD. I'm pretty sure he's got a DVR that actually records shows from the future. And if he's got HD, <laughs> he can probably watch Walking Dead at 6 p.m. Right. Yeah. Because it's the East Coast That's feed. when it's on. Yeah. Right. So um, he probably has HBO West... So he can probably watch. He's got the best Game of, of both Thrones. worlds. He's yeah. got the best of both worlds. Weiner. Okay, so but you, it's a great. Never amp- listen to this podcast again, Dave Tapia. No, 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 no. Oh, listen. Sorry. Go ahead, Dave. I mean, keep listening, Dave. And then we've got Doctor Who, as well. Coming Saturday night. I'm sorry for the uh, the drool. <laughs> yeah, it's your shirt. You're gonna I, have to get a laundry. Uh, no, I, I didn't want to short out your microphone. The doctor's coming back. Yep, with Clara. Uh, Okay, so anyway, uh, we got that, and uh, but I missed upcoming news because you know Netflix has sh- uh, one. We get Arrested Development is coming on Netflix next month. Yes, for so the new season of that, this uh, ga- uh, House of Cards with Kevin Spacey, which yeah. they did all thirteen. Episodes. I haven't had a chance to watch it yet, I haven't but either. I'm really looking forward to it. But they just announced that J. Michael Straczynski and the Wachowskis are teaming up to do a series for the for Netflix called Sense Eight. Hmm. Due in 2014, I know nothing beyond that, but they are people, they are writers capable of great goodness and capable of great badness. I sense eight episodes will be completed and we'll never see any more. (laughs) So what do you think the eight is? Let's talk off the top of of your head. Sense eight. Is it eight senses? 
eyebrow senses. I think it's eight characters that have some kind of augmentation. I don't know. I had one I has like augmented remember eyebrows. Remember Seven Seconds? Vaguely recall that title. That was a great story. I wish they had made a made a TV or a movie of it. Um, but the Seven Seconds to Save the World, and it was oh 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 that was a thriller, wasn't it? Yeah, the book yeah, is called yeah, Thriller. Yeah. yeah, Seven Seconds to Save the World. Yes, yes, yes. With Scabbard. Yep. And you know why I know that? Why? Well, not only did I buy every issue, but because that one actually crossed over with Ambush Bug. <laughs> because if you go to Ambush, you can't get Thriller, but. But Scabbard takes on Ambush Bug in nice. the DC Showcase. Nice. So, um, yeah. Uh, and by the way, okay, so two of the greatest DVD releases are coming up, and I just want to call people's attention to it. Robot Chicken, the DC special, will be available on DVD and Blu-ray in time for Comic-Con. And it just reminded me how much I loved it. It's possible, possible, I can't promise this now, but adult, I did talk to somebody at Adult Swim, and we might be giving it away. Nice. We might. I can't promise it, but they, they were very interested in Just talking in time about for Comic-Con. If Adult Swim is listening, they should give it to me By the way, and in April, present. in April, if I were to say to you, Rick, mm-hmm. the greatest DVD release we could possibly have imagined, or the last DVD we could have possibly imagined being released, will be released in April. My mind won't go past my current obsession, which is I want the secret... Uh, Secret Adventures of Jules Verne. I think yes. it's the Batman TV show from the 60s. No, you know, that would be the greatest. Adam no, West that was, I'm yeah. speaking somewhat facetiously because I think what it is... Let me, let me try to find a good way to phrase this. You listeners at home to the podcast could get this DVD and suddenly understand a lot of what Rick and I talk about and give each other crap about on this podcast. The Star Wars Holiday Special. No, no. That's a good question. Something even worse than that, which I am tempted to buy just so I can inflict it upon people. Wow. Um, boy. Let me give you a hint. It's musical. Just keep thinking. Okay. Dun 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 Crap. Ah, we didn't have the rights to this. Wait a minute. So, the sci-fi Flash Gordon series is coming to DVD in three weeks. No. No. Here's what's more amazing. How many episodes did you watch? I think we both made it too many. We both made made it through the bird episode. We both made it through six. Yeah. Did you know there were (laughs) twenty-two? There was a full season you know, <laughs> of this show. I am Batman. And I'm tempted. <laughs> I am Batman because my mind is compartmentalized. Uh-oh, to we're getting Zura my, nah. To protect myself. The Rick Brenchner of Zura so nah when, when, you showed up. S- when you said Flash Gordon, first I went to the movie, which got peeled off. Then you went to, then the, then the, I went to the filmation series. Cartoon series, which got peeled off. And then there was all that ugly core. Oh, no, then you saw the stirring. big little book that you remembered seeing on eBay. Yes. <laughs> it's like desperately trying not to get to that TV series. Right, right, right. Then there was Flesh Gordon. That was a very thin layer around the... Hey, shout out to Jason. All right. Uh, <laughs> wow, wow. Man, how so much anyway, charge for that abomination? Uh, like 20 bucks. Wow. Um, so from Mill, Mill Creek Entertainment, they sent me the email, and I almost tossed the email away. It was like, DVD is coming out in April. And I went, and I just, I'll just see if there's you know, anything You never know when you're going to have somebody scotch... No, 
duct tape to a chair that you need to torture. Oh, yes. We yeah. have face. All right. You mm-hmm. slash Gordon. All right. Tell us where the nuclear device is. We're going right to the birds. If you do not, <laughs> if you do not tell us, we shall show you the Hawkman episode <laughs> of Flash Gordon. And by Hawkman, we mean men in leather jackets that go caca, caca, caca. Oh, my. Sounds great. I'm not exaggerating a damn bit. (laughs) In fact, I think I may have made it sound more entertaining than it actually was. I think we may have sold some issues, episodes there. Oh, I will put the link up on Fanboy Planet. Oh, my God. You have no shame. I, I... I need money! Okay. okay, so anyway. Hey, you got a chance to play Bioshock Infinite this I week. I did. I got it in the mail yesterday for my pre-order from Amazon. I popped it in my Xbox, and I just spent a couple of blissful hours getting used to the city of Columbia in the, in the year of 1912, where the U.S. government launched a city in the sky based on the teachings of George Washington, Thomas Jefferson, and I do not know why you are speaking to me so patronizingly. It's wonderful, and it's disturbing, and it's everything that... uh, It starts off so much brighter than Bioshock does, because Bioshock pretty much throws you into the broken city. Bioshock was a very disturbing game for me. I first played that at Michael Goodson's, yeah, and I said, this is really disturbing, and then it was about two years before I broke down and bought it for myself. Still disturbed, but this, I love that game. I love that game. It's one of the few that I have played all the way through twice. This feels a lot the same in the beginning because you, you go to a lighthouse again, and you, you, you're in a boat with some really interesting characters that I hope are going to show up again because their dialogue was just so intriguing. But then you're, you find your way to this city um, that is all bright and airy, 1912. It's the um, American... Uh, what is it? That's not expressionism. It's uh, it's a it's a philosophy that was uh, uh, was transcendentalism. No, exceptionalism. Exceptionalism. That's it. And there's a lot of discussion. There's that theory going on today. Indeed, but if you go back and read about it, it wasn't quite the same thing as going on today. What you're saying? We've twisted it for our own ends. I'm saying we've distorted it beyond Why all would recognition. Do that? I don't know. But in any case, the uh, and there's also this religious overtone that has. A real feel for like cults that might be in favor of business, and um, you, you start off by so it's almost, Utah. Almost, it pretty much feels like Utah. <laughs> um, I'm just going to come out and say it. That's All what right, you listeners meant. in it's Utah, like, that was just a joke. Uh, well, that was just a joke. Doug I, Livingston, you were still me, one of my closest I'll friends. It, I'll run it down for you. A uh, weird um, takes on biblical passages. No, no, that's not weird. Uh, and um, strange white uh, clothing that everyone is wearing. I fail to see the problem. And very neat short haircuts. I fail to see the What's problem. What's wrong with being neat? And uh, tuck your shirt in. And religious symbols you're not really familiar with, like the scroll, the key, and the sword. Nope. Again, I. Don't see just what not your issue is. Okay. No, I don't. Uh, Indeed. I'm familiar with all those. And then you get baptized. I mean, what? <laughs> and then you get baptized. In the air, yes. Uh, in the city, in the air. But um, I, without going into too many spoilers or anything, the gameplay play is really fluid. It's got a lot of the same elements that will feel kind of like uh, that you did when in Bioshock. So, um, all right. What platform did you get it on? 360. Okay. Xbox. And I, I, as opposed to the PlayStation 360, I can't, uh, I can't 
I can't wait to get back into that. Uh, no, that's uh, great. And I and why and just for people at home, like you know, I, I contemplated because there was a, a download on Steam basically or, uh-huh. or Game Gamefly uh, for the PC version. Right? Why would you get? Why would you take Xbox over the PC? Because you've got a sweet PC setup. I do. Um, I basically I feel I totally that said that, bra. For those sweet for, PC setup. For those types of games, I, I think they're they are. They're fine on the PC, but I like the cleanliness of game storage and re- restarting. Uh, and also enough. the integrated, um, it's getting better and better on the PC, but the integrated uh, downloads. The thing starts off, there are three downloadable uh, supplements right, right now already. you can get. So, so in two years from now, when I have time to play the game, indeed. there could be like seven or eight. Yeah. Uh, you know. And they'll all be cheaper. Well, no, I'm tempted to rebuy... The first Bioshock on PS3 because I think they have a dual pack. You can get Bioshock One and Two together on a cartridge or on yeah. a disc cartridge. I'm a real gamer. Remember the eighties? Uh, yeah, um, and but that's really it's a it's a great series. I've heard that the second one isn't as quite as good, but the first one was it's a really powerful. More of the same kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, really powerful. I, I love that first game. Yeah, this one uh, this one is you know the. Bioshock, the, the second Bioshock was eight years before and then after kind of thing. It, it, it jumps around in time. Bioshock 2 was a sequel because it was in it the late was, 60s. It was, yeah, it was in the late 60s. And this one is 1912. Oh, yeah, you mentioned that. So, so. But the, you'll see a lot of the same elements, the same kind of thing where you, you get these enhancements. Yeah. And you have to have the, the things that recharge them before, so you can reuse yeah, them. Yeah, yeah, like no, that's fine. Ammo. It, it's, all, it's all the same um, I'm looking forward to it, really looking forward to it. Yeah. So hey, listen, uh, people. If you're looking forward to something, let us know. Uh, you know, write into editor at fanboyplanet.com. Check us out on the Facebook page. Check us out on the Twitter. And uh, we are, uh, you know, as also mentioned, if you're listening to this on iTunes, we are available. Uh, definitely uh, rate us, uh, subscribe to us, tell your friends. Check us out on the Stitcher app. Check us out at www.fanboyplanet.com and give us a little bit of support if you can through PayPal or through the Amazon link that's there. And once again, we want to thank Cafe Stretch for hosting us here tonight in the Sofa District of San Jose. Tonight's uh, restaurant view, I had the Cubano sandwich and fries. Yep. Delicious. I had the clam chowder, which was quite was tasty and, and uniquely seasoned, but very delicious. Excellent. I the had last, drop. last time. That was nice. I had today the... Butcher pizza, whatever it's called. It's called the butcher's pizza. Yeah, yeah we've had pizza. That was it's good. kind of a meat lover's pizza. Yeah. Yeah. Meat lovers. And then I had the blue cheese and bacon salad. Oh, my gosh. That's that fantastic. Delish. Delish. That's a huge salad, too. Speaking of pre-orders, yes. I saw on Facebook today, Marvel posted that the Avengers thing with the suitcase is going to be shipping soon. Oh, good. oh, okay. Party at my house. Yeah. Just look, just like we have a viewing of the suitcase. Now get out. <laughs> so be gone. Uh, until that evening, I am Derek McCaw, editor in chief of FanboyPlanet.com. I am Nate Costa, still looking for a job at LA. Yeah, and I'm Rick Brett Snyder, reminding you to use your powers only for good. Want to touch my cosmic cube? Thanks once again to the great Luke Ski for use of his music in this podcast. Visit Luke Ski at www.thegreatlukeski.com.